Day 28, posted September 6th, 2002, 4.53 a.m. Shorty Pants. Willie asked me to come in early to record Lance today. We laid down the new bass parts on the other two songs, which still had Harmon's performances on them. Lance had taken home a CD that he had burned for himself last night, so we were able to start making takes the moment I arrived. Once again, I set up our runner lookout to be certain that we would have ample warning should someone from the band arrive. Now that Lance was the bass player in the group, unbeknownst to any of the others, he thought it would be great to have me assisting him. He had me looking up his notes on Harmon's bass settings. It was bad enough that Lance's playing was so far superior to Harmon's, but we at least needed to use the same bass and amp settings. I obliged the little shit, but I assured him that this would be the last time. I also took the opportunity to point out just how handy the notes had become. Aha. Lance laid down the parts in one take each, with only a few punch-in fixes here and there. As long as I've been in this business, it is still remarkable to me to hear the difference between a player who can play the notes and a player who can play the music. Lance was playing the music. Still, even though Lance played the identical part, I feared that Harmon would notice. It's hard not to notice the difference. Lance had recorded the bass parts on different tracks, so now I had two basses, and I needed to dispose of the evidence. I don't ever erase anything without the producer signing off on such a decision, and as it turns out, that was a very good policy, since Willie didn't want me to erase the old bass parts. If we get caught, I don't want you to have to re-record those bass parts again. Oh, right. If we get caught... Now I'm some sort of accomplice in this unilateral decision of Willie's? To make matters worse, if we get caught, then who would have to endure the hours of painstaking drudgery of recording bass with Mr. Buttpick himself? Me! And at precisely that moment, I had an aha. Did I really want to spend hours recording these bass parts? I now understood exactly what Willie was driving at, and so I backed up the bass parts to Radar with the codename Operation Stinky Fingers. I would tell Fingers when he arrived. Even though Lance had played exactly the same notes as Harmon, the new performances were so musically superior that it brought the track to life. There was no doubt in my mind that Harmon would notice a difference. The big question was, would Harmon buy the explanation as to why it sounds different? Well, in order to have such an explanation, one must first invent it. So that's just what I did. I decided to give the monitor mix a little boost and some compression. I put a Cranesong STC-8 on the stereo bus, which is similar to supplying an instant injection of turbocharge to a mix. Stereo compression from a high-quality unit like the STC-8 tightens up the low end of the monitor mix and congeals or glues the instruments. There is a very short list of compressors that I'll use on the stereo bus, even if it's just for monitoring. The reason being, the stereo bus is basically the summing of the entire sound. There is nothing more important than the stereo bus. I choose my tools for this application very carefully. The way I figured it, if I compressed the monitor mix, the whole track would sound so finished that Harmon might think the compressor is responsible for bringing his performances alive. So that's what I planned to tell him. As I prepared the monitor mix of the second dumbass camera take, I sensed the presence of a stranger. 
when I turned around, I had noticed that the sanctity of the womb had indeed been violated. The stranger was a very short man, wearing his pants entirely too high above his waist, along with a cowboy hat and a pair of Porsche teardrop sunglasses that were far too large to be fashionable, unless somehow I had been transported to 1985 and no one informed me. The stranger also donned what I would assume were snakeskin cowboy boots, although not being an expert in leather, it's quite possible they were fake. All that was missing was the string tie. The short man was lighting up a cigarette, which I assumed was a Marlboro and which is a big no-no in the womb. I had no idea how long he may have been there, as I didn't notice the door open. I stopped the tape and turned to address him as he was violating my airspace with his cigarette, and I was certainly going to let him know about it. But before I could get a word in, he spoke to me. I'm shorty pants. Bitch slaps manager. Where's Willie? Where's Willie? Where's Willie? Where's Willie? Seeing as we were introducing ourselves, I followed suit. Mixer man. Bitch slaps engineer. Howdy. I replied in a way I felt he might understand. He didn't seem very interested in either my identity or my role in this session. In fact, he seemed quite preoccupied as he looked around the room as if in search of a lost set of keys. My curiosity got the better of me. Did you lose something, partner? Where's Alzihad? We're not using Alzihad. What? He yelled. Why the hell not? Do you know what year this is? No wonder this shit's taking so long. He continued yelling as he walked out of the room in a huff. I decided to remain in the womb, as it was calm there. Lance came running in to inform me that Willie wanted a good mix of the bass, drums, and guitars on last night's work. After about ten minutes, Willie and Shorty Pants entered the room, and Shorty Pants was again smoking in the control room. Upon closer inspection of Shorty Pants' cigarette, I realized it wasn't a Marlboro after all, but a lucky strike. Regardless of the brand, just five minutes of smoke in the room can close my sinuses up like Fort Knox, which makes it impossible to hear properly. But I certainly wasn't going to tell this pistol to put it out. Not yet, anyway. Willie played him the track that I had just rough-mixed. got for me to hear. I almost had to spit out my coffee, which I had just taken a sip of, as there really was nothing else for him to hear. But I certainly wasn't going to say that out loud. Eeyore walked into the room, and then Willie handled Shorty Pants' request beautifully. We've got several songs in various states of completion, but nothing I'm comfortable with playing for you today. Besides, Eeyore's here and we should really get to work. Studio time costs a lot of money. You damn straight it does. Shorty Pants yelled like the sergeant from the television show Gomer Pyle. And who the hell's paying for these cameras? I guess he felt the need to continue on because that's exactly what he did. I still don't understand why we're bothering with all this archaic technology, Willie. Kids today, they don't give a shit about all this analog crap. Get Alcyot in here and finish the fucking record already. I just couldn't get over how someone who was smoking Lucky Strikes and wearing Porsche sunglasses and snakeskin cowboy boots was telling us that we were somehow behind the times. 
Now that Cotton has broken his wrist and we're hiring a session drummer, we really won't need Alsahad, Willie said as he attempted to guide Shorty Pants out the door. But Shorty Pants wasn't about to leave. He wanted to know all about the session drummer and the timeline. He wanted to come by and listen to more of the record. Shorty Pants made all sorts of complaints until Fingers walked in from his shitter and interrupted the lashing. What up with that Operation Stinky Fingers project, yo? Shorty Pants had a look on his face similar to how a cat would look had an unfamiliar dog entered the room. Who's this? Willie introduced the two of them. I went to a spot in the room where I wouldn't be noticed, signaling Fingers to shut the hell up with a dirty look in the universal cut sign made by running my finger across my neck. Shorty Pants was interested in the Operation Stinky Fingers project, but fortunately Fingers came up with a well-thought-out, clever little story to explain his gaffe. Oh! That, that was a joke, dog, he replied as he exited back to his shitter. Finally, and with a most confused look on his face, Shorty Pants left the room with Willie. Eeyore wanted to hear what we had done on the song last night as well. So I decided to print the instrumental monitor mix to a dat while Eeyore was listening back to the track. This way, I could play it in the future without having to perform a mix on every playback. For the first time, Eeyore was somewhat impressed. Wow, it's really come alive. What'd you do to the track? The bass sounds killer now. (laughs) I couldn't help but laugh aloud. I tried not to. But there was just no way that I could be asked that question so directly and not chuckle. Eh, That would be the stereo compressor that I'm using on the mix. Well... Keep that shit on there all the time, then. And so we laid down the guitar parts on the other two camera takes, as perhaps Johnny took my advice to come on alternating days with Eeyore. (laughs) But that would be just too good to be true. Mixer Man.